Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Sabbath Services. Today we're going to cover a topic, the great counterfeit of Satan's kingdom is coming. And here we are at the Feast of Tabernacles, and it pictures what? The everlasting kingdom of God. Now we can tie the scriptures together because in Titus, the first chapter, it talks about God who cannot lie and his plan before the ages of time. See, now that gets into calculating time this way beyond anything we have comprehension of. Okay. And he also says it in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 9. The gospel before the ages of time. Okay. So what we're dealing with, brethren, we're dealing with the greatest knowledge and understanding that God can give us. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God and our loving God in order to understand what God wants. See? Because God has, has the key. Believe God, obey God, love God. And that's how it starts out in the sequence of conversion. So let's come to verse 13. Let's understand what we are dealing with. Let's understand that the greatest minds in this world do not know. Comes from Christ. Verse 11 saying, I am Alpha and Omega. Now it's interesting. He didn't use the Hebrew first letter of the alphabet and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. He used the Greek. So this tells us God's stamp on the Greek New Testament is the right language. Okay, little sidebar. All of these sacred namers and many of the Messianic Jews. They try to Judaize the New Testament. So when they put the sacred names in there, they're accusing God of being wrong and having the name of God in any language that there is so that people can understand it, right? Okay. Now, who created all the languages? Okay. When did he create them? Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel, right? Okay. The name of God, the true God in any language, is a sacred name because God made the languages, correct? Yes. Now, what other proof? 
What happened on the day of Pentecost, Acts, the second chapter? Even to the Jews who lived in other other nations and spoke other languages, what did they do? They heard the word of God in their own language. The Greek there is dialectos. Okay? So, let's go on. That's enough of sidebar on that. Okay, the first and the last. God has to be the starter of everything, and he has to be the finisher. First and last. Okay? Then he says, and write in a book. And this is what God wants done with his language, with his word. Put it in a book. He repeats it in verse 8. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. All right? Now, we're celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles, let's come to Acts, the 20th chapter because we will see everything that God does is based upon this principle. Okay? Acts, the 20th chapter. Now, it is true that some churches of God do not preach the grace of God the way that they ought to. Okay? And it is true that the Protestants preach everything on grace with licentiousness. They never preach the kingdom of God. And lots of times the churches of God only preach the kingdom of God and the government of God. Okay. So very few have it where they put it together. Now let's read what Paul said here. Now he says here, Acts the 20th chapter. He talks about how he's going to Jerusalem. Okay. Verse uh, 22, Holy Spirit warns him, but he's still going to go. Verse 24, let's pick it up there. But I myself do not take these things into account, nor do I hold my life dear to myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry that I received from the Lord to fully testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Now, the gospel of the grace of God is how God deals with each one of us individually. By grace you have been saved, not of your own works, right? And we are to be perfected, correct? We saw that yesterday. Okay. All of those things come together. The gospel of grace. But if you just preach grace and you don't preach the kingdom of God, then you're only giving part of the story. Okay, let's read on. And now behold, I know that you all among you, among whom I have gone, preaching the gospel, or preaching, or proclaiming rather, the kingdom of God. So there you have it. Grace and kingdom. 
So it gets down to this. We need God in our individual lives in order to live the way God wants us to and to receive his spirit to make it possible. Nothing in the world is going to work out the way men think because they don't believe in the kingdom of God. Okay. Now, what we're going to see today is the great counterfeit. Okay. So let's come all the way back. Remember, we were the first and the last. Let's go to the first book of the Bible, chapter 3. And let's see, and we will find out today, that what is recorded here in Genesis 3 concerning Adam and Eve is going to happen on a great worldwide basis. Satan is always the liar. Where does it say that Satan is the father of lies? Where does it say? John eight forty eight. He is the father of lies and was what? A murderer from the beginning. So it tells you everything you need to know. When he brings his lies, your life is going to end up in total misery if you follow them. Okay? But he comes innocent, questioning. Let's hear both sides of the story. Now, sometimes that's good to do. You need to do it. Other times, there's only one side to the story, God's side, okay? <clears throat> so Satan comes along and he says to Eve, he says, is it true? Challenge. See? Now, what is this to her? A test did she really believe God? Is it true? Okay. How convinced was she? Okay. Well, let's read on. Is it true that God has said, you shall not eat of any of the tree of the garden? No, that's not what God said. Okay. Deliberately lied. Now, what's one way that Satan can trip you up? Speak something that isn't true and you correct him. And then he has an answer back. Okay? Clever. Isn't that what they do? See? Yes. I mean, that's the whole basis of philosophy. You have a thesis, and then you do everything you can to find to prove that thesis true. Okay. Many times that's reasoning in a circle. The woman said to the serpent, We may freely eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree 
which is in the middle of the garden, God has indeed said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Okay. Now, Satan knew that they wouldn't drop dead the instant of touching it. Now, he comes with another plan. Okay. So what he's doing, he's saying this. Not only calling God a liar, but he's introducing something that he says he's going to provide. The Satan uh, and the serpent answered the woman and said, in dying, you shall not surely die. Okay. Immortal soul, you've heard that before. What do all religions believe? When you die, you go someplace spiritually, right? So they all have the same thing. You shall not surely die. Okay. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, then your eyes shall be open and you shall be like God deciding good and evil. Aren't you a free moral agent? Can you not choose? Oh, you have a good mind. You can think, you can reason, you can put this together. Okay. Now, what is killing America today? The wrong application of freedom. See? The worst Sinner in society, you must treat with respect and freedom. Look what it's gotten us. Okay. Now then, the woman did a little more investigating. She went up to the tree and looked at it and saw that the tree was good for food. How did she know it was good for food? You don't know. Let's put it this way. How do you know that this big pig is good for food? Well, it's got to be because that's all they grow in Iowa. You know? And besides, when you cook it and you barbecue it and it's all smoked, it tastes so good. And it's tender right off the bone. Yeah. But like Dolores always used to tell me, in grade school, one of the teachers there didn't believe in eating pork. So she brought some pork to school. And they examined it under the microscope. And guess what they could see? trichinosis so they fried it right there in the class and then they put it under the microscope again and what did they see trichinosis still living okay so remember that because what do they say oh 
We have refrigeration today. Okay. See? God's word is true and always true. And the only way we're going to succeed is believe God and believe his word. See? Now, here, she didn't believe God, didn't believe his word, and she chose for herself. All right? So it was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired, to make one wise. Now, you do this. You watch every commercial on television that comes up. If you can stand it, I can't stand them. Okay? That's exactly what happened. All these people that have mental problems and depressions. Oh, try this. So everybody's happy. Everybody's walking around. Every, all the buddies are with you, right? Isn't that it? And all of that is developing what? Group think. See? That's what Satan wants. So that you go along with the group. Okay? But. They never tell you why you have depression. Number one is you don't have God and you don't know God. And number two, you don't know how to take care of yourself and you're not eating the correct food. And most of the food that you get at the store of the day today is GMO'd and sweetened with sugar and all kinds of different things. See? So the real answer to the one who's depressed is quit being emotional about your problems and you better get your mind on God's word and you better repent and let God help you come out of your depression because the drug is not going to do it. Okay? Not any more than the fruit would give them eternal life. Okay? Well, you know the rest of the story. They were convinced we can live our lives the way we want to without God. And if we use our free moral agency and we use our genius of our brains, we will be able to do everything that we need to do. We don't need God. Okay. That's what's happening today. Right today. Where is this happening? Right at the UN. Okay. What are they going over right now at the UN? And what are all the nations of the world pledging to do? Exactly what Satan wants them to do. The United Nations is one of Satan's main working bodies. Now, they present themselves what? 
knowledgeable, understanding, trying to help all people. We want to put down all wars. We're all organized. But they can't have God. So Satan comes along and says, I've got an idea. Okay. That is called the one world government or the new world order. Okay. Let's go back. So here's the beginning. Let's go to the ending. Revelation 13 for just a minute. Because this is coming. This is what they are working on. Revelation 13. How many times have we been there? Well, it will come up when it's already being developed. Okay. And what is the big struggle in America? See? Now, America was different than any other nation inasmuch as that the, those that came over here were the ones who believed in the Bible. And they believed in God. And when they first came and landed in on the shores of what is now Virginia, they took a cross, put it in the ground, thanked God for being there, and dedicated this whole nation. And they didn't know how far it would go. Dedicated this whole nation to preaching the gospel of Christ. Question, where is the only place in the world that the gospel is being preached to any degree outside of America? Any place in Europe? Maybe a few people here and there. India? Africa? South America? China? Russia? No. No other nation in the world had been dedicated to that. God answered that prayer, and that's why in America there are more Bibles, more people preaching the gospel, What, like Paul said, whether in sincerity and truth or whether in contention. Okay? But it is being preached. But now, church attendance and belief in God has gone down and down and down and down. And that's what's the matter with the nation today. And Satan is coming along and saying, I've got a solution. Let's get all of the world together. Okay. We have the United Nations. We have all nations here. Okay. So let's read it. Revelation 13. And I stood on the sand of the sea and saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and upon his head heads the name of blasphemy. Okay. Now then, verse 2 tells us that this has come from the days of Christ all through the empires listed in Daniel 2 and Daniel 7. 
And at the end time, it's all going to be amalgamated in to one government. One rule of one government. The new world order. So what this is, this is Satan's counterfeit of what the soon coming kingdom of God is going to be. Because remember, Satan always has a counterfeit. And whenever God is ready to do something, he comes along and presents his plan first. Okay? So that's why it talks about feet like the feet of a bear, mouth like the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority. Now it's going to be worldwide. Great authority. Okay? Now, here's what's, here's what's going to happen. And I saw, as it were, one of his heads wounded to death, but his deadly wound was healed. And the whole earth was amazed and followed the beast. Okay? Now, what is that deadly wound? Now, you can view this two ways. Okay? Two ways. Number one, the deadly wound given to Germany the end of World War II. Has that wound been healed? Partly. And we now know, we now know that if we had not dropped the bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima, Germany would have had it shortly. Okay? Now, Europe is set to need a man to bring it all back together. Okay? So that's the way that it will be. The man and the system. Only this time, it is worldwide with all nations. Okay? But notice verse 4. And this ties in with other scriptures and things that we know. And they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast. Okay? Now, we don't know when this took place, but we look at the book of Job. What do we find in the first chapter of the book of Job? Okay? There was a day when the angels came before God and Satan was in the middle of them. Okay? And so God said to Satan, look at Job. See how perfect a man he is? He says, give him to me for a little while. You know, skin for skin. He'll curse you. So God said, all right, he's in your hands. Okay. And then you know the rest of the story. Somewhere along the line, Satan came to God and said, God, I want to bring my kingdom on this earth. Okay. 
And we're going to see that must have happened because of what they are doing at the UN now. All right. And they worship the beast, saying, who's like the beast who has the power against him. Okay. Now then. I want to read you what took place just before the Feast of Tabernacles in the General Assembly of the United Nations. See? Now, I have often thought that at the end time, they're going to move the UN to Geneva, where all of the League of Nations buildings are still there. Okay? Could be. Little sidebar. I'll ring my bell. Could it be that if Trump is elected, he will expel the United Nations out of America? I don't know. If Trump is elected, he might be able to do a few things to improve some things. But there are millions of homosexuals, male and female. There are millions of atheists. There are millions of those who don't believe in the true God. But, on the other hand, in America are the greatest number of true believers. Okay? So God will honor it. But the judgment against America may be delayed or softened for a while, but it's going to come. But here's what's going to come on the world. It's called Sustainable Development Goals. The Sustainable Development Goals were adopted by the United Nations in 2015. So they've been working on this a long time. Okay. As a call to action for people worldwide to address critical areas of importance by 2030. Okay. People, planet, prosperity, and peace and partnership. Okay. Now, what are their goals? Okay. The perfect counterfeit, just like Genesis 3. In 2015, 193 nations that make up the United Nations agreed to adopt 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. The historic agenda lays out 17 developmental goals and targets, goals and targets for dignity. What does that mean? Peace. What does that mean? Prosperity for the planet and humankind to be completed by the year 2030. Well, I don't think they'll quite make it by 2030, but they're going to be working toward it, okay? This is what all of this new world order is. 
This is what it, all the global change thing is to try and get people to, how should we say, become more like paupers and getting rid of all of the pleasures and things and gadget that we have. There's a proposal in the UK right now for the sustainable development of the UK is that they want to pass a law that no car can go over 20 miles an hour. Okay. Now, tie that in with this other thing we, we did with Unwin and sexual immorality. That in the third generation, they lose all rationality. It's not rational what they're saying. That's just one thing. And look what they want to do in America. No gas stoves. Okay? No fossil fuel. But God says, Deuteronomy 32 and verse 13, that you suck oil out of the rock. If that doesn't describe completely taking oil out of the ground, I don't know what does. Okay. The agenda targets multiple areas for action such as poverty and sanitation, plans to build up local economies while addressing people's social needs. Okay? Now, I will quickly read the 17 goals. You don't have to try and write them down because I'll get you a copy of this. Goal number one, no poverty. How are they going to do that? What did Jesus say? The poor you have always with you. Okay. Sounds good. Everybody says yes. How's that going to happen? Oh, we have a foolproof method for it. It's called the mark. A chip. Every month, you have so much digital money put into your account. Right? Won't that be nice? Okay. Goal number two. Zero hunger. Okay. End hunger, food, achieve food security and improve nutrition and promotion sustainable agriculture. What did Jesus say would be some of the things that would happen at the end time? Matthew 24. Famines. Right? Okay. Number three, we're going to take care of you. The World Health Organization is going to bring you happiness and peace and health. Good health and well-being ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for all at all ages. Okay. Number four. Quality education. Aha! We got to brainwash everyone. 
right? That's a quality education. <laughs> okay. Goal number five, gender equality. And if you don't like it, we'll operate on you and make it happen. Okay. Goal number six, clean water and sanitation. Huh. Number seven, affordable and clean energy. How are you going to do that if you get rid of natural gas and oil products? Okay. There aren't enough trees in the world to cut down for fuel. So what are you going to do? You're going to do like some of the natives do and collect all of the manure and we'll make that into nice little bricks that you can burn. How will that be? Okay. <laughs> Goal number eight, decent work and economic growth. Everyone will have a job, even if you have to work in this compound. Okay. Goal number nine, industry, innovation, and infrastructure, rebuild resilient infrastructure, promote inclusive and sustainable industrialization, and foster innovation. Now, all of these look good, right? Okay. Number 10, reduce inequality. Now, how are you going to do that? Because you have some tall people and you have some short people. You have some thin people and you have some fat people. And you have those with whatever color of hair. How are you going to make all hair color the same? Yeah. All right. Goal number 11. Sustainable cities and communities make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient, and sustainable. We'll limit you to 15 minutes. That's the furthest you can travel. Isn't that nice? Aren't we good people? Are we looking out for you? Okay. Goal number 12, responsible consumption and production ensure sustainable consumption and production patterns. How are you going to increase the production of food in the desert? Okay. Climate action. Take an ur urgent action to combat climate change and its impacts. That's number 13. Number 14, life below water. Oh, we're going to solve the problems we have by discovering what's deep in the ocean. Okay. Number 13, life on land. Protect, restore, and promote sustainable use of terrestrial ecosystem. They'll tell you where to live, what to do, where to go, how big you can build, how far you can walk, what you can think, what you can be taught. Eh? Satan's kingdom. Okay. And it says, sustainable use of terrestrial ecosystems, sustainability uh, managed forest, that you can't cut a tree unless they tell you can. Okay. Combat deforestation, 
okay? Halt and reverse land degradation and halt biodiversity loss, okay? Number 16, here you go. Has man ever achieved this? Number 16, peace, justice, and strong institutions. What does strong institutions mean? A police state. Okay. Number 17, partnership to achieve the goals, strengthen the means of implementation, and revitalize the global partnership for sustainable development. Okay. Now, here's a whole copy of their plans for the 17 steps. I won't read that. Okay. We'll save that. That Satan's counterfeit kingdom before the kingdom of God comes. See? And look how it has been prepared for this. Okay? We'll take a break, and then we'll come back, and we will see what is God going to do? What will it be like in the millennium? Okay? All right, we'll take a break. It was brought up that Satan, to get his way, redefines everything. And that's exactly what he did in the Garden of Eden. He redefined what God said. And Satan always, because it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, always gives you some good so that he can get you to do more evil. All right, let's continue on. Let's come to Psalm 37, because this will help us survive when we get back home. Verse 1, do not fret yourself because of evildoers. Psalm 37, verse 1. In other words, don't get overly upset. Your emotional reaction to it is not going to change them. Okay? And do not be envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither like the green herb. And we see that. We see it today. We can see it openly. A hundred thousand a year dying from fentanyl. Okay? All the sins of millions of people tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of homeless. And how did all that start? It started with a benefit from Satan. And what was that benefit? That led to the downfall of thinking properly, living your life properly, what was that one thing? Marijuana. 
marijuana because he knew it would lead to stronger and stronger drugs. It's like it says in Delusion of Drugs. Try it once, Satan says. I may let you go. But try it twice, and I will own your soul. That's what's happened, see. So don't fret yourself. Here's what we're to do, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land, and cherish faithfulness. See? Now, there are quite a few things in instruction how to take care of your thoughts, your relationship with God, your relationship with others. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And our greatest desires are not just the physical things. The greatest desire is to be in the kingdom of God and the family of God, correct? Isn't that it? That's what God wants us to desire. Commit your ways unto the Lord, trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. See? Now, what does this tell us? It's a process. It's not all done at once. There probably will be mistakes along the line. There will be, because we're told in Matthew 6, every day, to ask God to forgive us our sins, right? Not true? And we're subject to getting more of them in our minds than any other generation because of the TV and the digital and the smartphones. All of these things supposed to make us better. Well, they can if they're used right. But if you don't, what happened? Okay. Verse 6. Now, this talks about the resurrection. He shall bring forth your righteousness like the light. See? Now, what is our face going to look like? What did Christ say of those who are in the who enter into the kingdom? They shall shine what? Like the sun. Okay? There it is. Resurrection. Okay? And your judgment like the noonday. And we'll see that's going to be our job in the millennium. We'll cover a lot of that during the feast. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret yourself because of him who prospers in his way, because of him who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger. All your anger against it isn't going to change it. See? A lot of people can do that. See? And a lot of people, when they have difficulties and problems, they let their emotions lead the way and they stubbornly cling to it and then wonder why everything doesn't work out. You've got to let go and you've got to forget and you've got to forgive. And you need forgiveness from God. Okay? Forsake wrath and do not fret yourself because it only leads to evil. For 
evildoers shall be cut off and all of this that they're devising here. And remember what it's going to be like when we come off the sea of glass and fight against all the armies of the world. Don't you think that's going to be quite a thing? Okay. But those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. It is but a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Yea, you shall diligently consider his place, but he shall not be there. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. They're not going to bring peace. Okay? Let's see what Christ is going to do. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day, right? Okay. Now here is almost a 3,000-year prophecy of the millennium. Let's read it. Isaiah 2, verse 1. The word of Isaiah came to Amos, yeah, the son of Amos concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass in the last days. Okay. Now, how far off are the last days? Well, every generation has been expecting it, right? Has it come, but it's coming. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established. How will that be? Well, go to Zechariah 14, see how it's going to be. Christ and the saints are all going to descend on the Mount of Olives, and boom, it's going to be raised up and split in two, and then a great tabernacle is going to be built there. That's going to be something. and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. See? Satan's counterfeit comes first. And many people shall go and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now, how's that going to go out? We will bring it to the people. Okay? Now think about what we're going to have to do. We'll look at this a little bit later. There's going to be a lot to do to reestablish the earth when we come back to it. See? Verse 4. And he shall judge among the nations, and they shall and shall rebuke many peace people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, and nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Okay. Quite a statement. Huh? Has all the peace movements of all nations and people down through time ever lasted? No. 
it all falls apart. Why? Because people sin. Okay? Let's come to Micah, the fourth chapter. It's repeated here. He was also a prophet at the same time. Okay? Micah, the fourth chapter. See? Now, Satan always comes along and says, I have something better than God. I know the way to do it. You just follow me. And that's the trap to destruction. Okay? Micah 4, verse 1. But it shall be in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow to it. Now hills are also likened unto nations. And many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. Okay? Now then, here's something interesting. You might ask a Protestant this. Okay? Do you believe that God is sending Christ back? Do you believe he's going to set up God's kingdom on the earth? There are many scriptures which say it, okay? What is he going to teach them? Okay. He's going to teach them his way. What is his way? The Ten Commandments. The laws of God. Now, if he's going to do that to save the world... What makes you think that he's done away with it because you believe in the grace of God now? Will not the grace of God be greater when Christ returns personally than what we have now? Huh? Why do you say it's done away? We will walk in his paths for the law, and that's the word they hate, shall go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem and he shall judge among many people and will rebuke strong nations afar off and they shall no option they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks and neither shall they lift up sword against nation neither shall they learn war anymore but everyone will sit under his own vine and under his own fig tree okay that's what it's going to be like everyone have their own space that be something that's going to be quite a thing indeed all right Let's come to let's come to Psalm forty six. Let's see what else is going to happen. Psalm forty six. And as we go through these things, let's understand that God has called us to the greatest calling possible to save the world. Okay. Let's pick it up here. In verse 6, the nations raged, 
the kingdoms were shaken. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come and behold the works of the Lord, for he makes desolation upon the earth. Then he's going to clean it all up. Okay. And he breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two and burns the chariots with fire. Okay. So that's what's going to be ha happening. You talk about full employment. Think about how much is spent and how much work goes into war. It is amazing. Think about it. No war. How much that is going to increase in wealth to people. Let's continue on here. Verse 9. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, cuts the spear in two, and burns the chariots in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. So that's how the millennium is going to be ushered in. Okay. Isaiah 12. Okay. In that day you shall say, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, though you were angry with me. Your anger is, is turned away, and you do comfort me. Now that applies to Israel, and it applies to all nations. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. And with joy, you shall draw water out of, out of the wells of salvation. Now that's quite a saying, isn't it? Huh? What's that going to be like? In other words, the Holy Spirit's going to be so available. It's like drawing water out of a well. See? What is that going to be like? Huh? And we teach the people. And they understand. And in that day you shall say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention of his, that his name is exalted, sing unto the Lord, for he has done gloriously that is known in all the earth. Now, I don't know how long it's going to take to really set up everything and get rid of all that man and Satan has done so that the whole earth is at peace. But it's going to be something that we're all a part of. We're going to be teaching people. We're going to be ruling nations. And everything is that 
I like that phrase there, drawing water out of the, the well of salvation. Okay. Quite a thing. Okay. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. Okay. Now that's a wonderful thing indeed. Okay. Now let's look at, an, at, at another one here. Let's come to Isaiah 11. Okay. And there shall come forth a shoot out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now, this is a type of Christ. Okay. Going back to Jesse and then David, and he's going to sit on the throne of David. David will be right there with him. Can you imagine what that will be like? Look at all the psalms that David wrote and about the joy of the Lord and about the power of God. And here during the millennium, guess what? He's going to be sitting right next to him. Oh, they're going to be doing things together, huh? Think of that. And we're all going to have a part in it. Eh? All right. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge according to the sight of his eyes, nor after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness, he shall judge. So we're going to spend a couple of days about righteous judgment. Judge the poor. Now, what is their first goal here? And poverty. The only one who can do that is God. Have men ever done it? Did any dictatorship ever do it? No, it's killed more people than it's helped. Okay. He shall reprove with equity the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He shall slay the wicked. All right. Who else is going to have part in it? Save your place here and let's come to Re Revelation, the second chapter. Let's see what he says. And we know we're going to be ruling with the nations. Okay? Ruling over them. He's going to give us that authority. Now think about that for a minute. Okay? That's why we need to be perfected so that we're not going to go off on our own and think that we're going to do something better than God. Okay? Revelation 2, in verse 26. And to the one who overcomes and keeps my works to the end. Now, isn't that interesting? He didn't say, 
faith. He said, works. Why? Because if you have faith, you'll have the right works. Right? Okay. Works unto the end. Now notice what he says. I will give authority over the nations. That's something. Here we have, in this thing that we read about, sustainable development goals, their plan to rule the world. God has his plan right here in his Bible. And the power and all the helpers to do it, all the resurrected saints. And that's the only way you're going to rule the world. Over the nations... And he shall shepherd them, meaning the one who's doing it, but that could also refer to Christ, and we have the authority from him. Shepherd them. Now, what does a shepherd do? Shepherd teaches, shepherd trains, a shepherd heals, a shepherd watches over, a shepherd helps them prosper. Okay. Shepherd them with a rod of iron. In other words, there isn't going to be the fake freedom that they have today. See, because we'll see in a minute in Isaiah 30 that if they start getting out of the way, what are we going to do? We're going to say, this is the way, walk in. Okay. And what will we have? to ensure that it will be done. Okay. Something the world doesn't have. We'll have Sabbath services every week. Now think about that. Think about how much we're going to be able to train them and teach them. Okay. And think of the love and the joy and the peace and everything that's going to come. Now, to rule them with a rod of iron, if someone gets completely out of whack, we can take care of it. Okay? Pencils don't count. Okay? They shall shepherd them with a rod of iron as vessels of a potter are broken in pieces as I have received from my father. Okay. So then he says that I will give him the morning star. That's eternal life, eternal glory. The one who has him ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So see, see how that ties in with what we've read back here in the book of Isaiah? All right, let's come back to Isaiah 11 again. Isaiah 11 and verse 5. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. That's interesting. Okay? I'll have to bring a sermon on reins. Okay? But that's interesting. God at any time can know 
what anybody's thinking anywhere in the world. Huh? Okay, let's go on. Now, everything's going to change. The environment's going to change. Animals are going to change. The nature of people is going to change. God is going to take away the hardness of the heart. And they will have a heart of flesh. Meaning, it will be easier to be converted then than it is now. Okay? But notice, the wolf shall lie, lie down with the lamb. Now that's completely opposite. That is a radical change. Okay? And the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the cub lion, and the fatling together. Okay? Now notice how calm it's going to be. No cages. Okay? And I think this. There aren't going to be very many plastic toys around when you have live pets. But notice what it says. And a little child shall lead them. This is my lion. <laughs> okay. Okay. And the cow and the bear shall feed together. And her young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Now, I don't know how that's going to work. Okay. You know, you've seen this lion, this cartoon lion that, sm that smiles and he's got human teeth in it. You know, and when I read this, uh, it reminds me of that. What's going to have to happen to the teeth of the leopard and the, <laughs> and the lion and so forth? Huh? Kind of hard to eat grass with those fangs, huh? Okay. Will they chew their cud? I don't know. I doubt it. Okay. Let's go on. And the suckling to this is the one. This is the one verse that is very hard for me to understand because I do not like snakes. And Jonathan will remember every time we went to Balboa Zoo down in San Diego, you know, the kids would lead me by the snake house. Okay. And I would walk over here, and here was the snake house. They have the glass windows, you know, and you can look in. See, And they would always say, Dad, come over here. Look at this. You know, no, 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 no. So they convinced me to look at one. So I went over there, and here was this Palestinian viper. First time I ever saw it. It's got a head like this. Big and a body about that big around. And I thought, boy, I wouldn't want to be a shepherd out there in the hills of Judea and meet that thing. Okay. 
So I quickly moved away from the glass. <laughs> but this one. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. I know that's going to be true, but I, I, I just can't vision that myself. Okay? Let's go on. And they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. That's going to be the true millennium, see. For the earth shall be what? Full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters of the sea. Now, how much is that going to be? That's going to be absolutely amazing. That's quite a thing. Okay? Let's come here to Isaiah 14. Okay? Isaiah 14. Verse 1. For the Lord shall have mercy on Jacob. He will yet choose Israel and set them in their own land, and the stranger shall be joined with them, and they shall cling to the house of Jacob. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place, and the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and for handmaids. Okay, now that's interesting. Okay. There's a place and there's a time for people to help and to serve, right? How did they operate in the past without washing machines? No, I think washing machines are good. I think that we'll have things like that, some, you know, good appliances. But what did they do before washing machines? They had servants who would wash the clothes. And if you were poor, you'd wash your own. Okay. And they will take them captives, whose captives they were, and rule over their oppressors. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall give you rest from your sorrow. Okay. Get rid of your sorrows, all of your bad experiences, all of the emotions with it. And from your fear and from the harsh bondage which was imposed upon you. And you shall take up this song against the king of Babylon. Who's the real king of Babylon? Satan. How the oppressor has ceased. How his fury has ceased. The Lord had broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers, who struck people in wrath with unceasing blows, ruling nations in anger, and with unrelenting persecution. All the earth is at rest. No war anywhere. You think of that? 
No spears, no swords, no guns. See? Now, if the Democrats were really sincere, they want to do away with all weapons. Then let them repent to God and let them believe the Bible and let them study the Bible instead of promoting men to promote their causes. Then you promote the cause of God and you get converted so you can do what you say you want to do. Get rid of all weapons. Okay? Never thought of that until just now. How to answer a Democrat in getting rid of weapons. First, you repent of your ways, and then you become converted. And then you be educated by God until Christ returns or you die and go into grave and are resurrected. Then you'll have authority to get rid of all weapons. You won't have to worry about a Second Amendment. Okay? You won't have to put in dishonest judges. Because there will be honest judges. Okay? All right? All the earth is at rest and is quiet, and they break out in singing. Yea, the fir tree... Trees rejoice at you, the cedars of Lebanon, saying, You have fallen. No woodcutter will come upon us, come up against us. Okay. So the whole earth is going to, when Satan and the demons are taken care of and put away, the whole earth is going to rejoice and be happy. All right. Now let's come to, to Isaiah 61. Let's see how God is going to get rid of poverty. I mean, he's going to do it. Isaiah 61, verse 6. But you shall be called priest of the Lord, and it shall be said of you, the ministers of our God, and you will eat the riches of the Gentiles, and you will boast in their glory. Now, he's talking about Israel when they're brought back, but about us and the things we have to suffer. Okay? For your shame, you shall have double. Instead of dishonor, they will rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their own land, they will possess double everlasting joy. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Now, that's with us. Okay? The first resurrection. Verse 9. And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people, and all who see them will acknowledge them that they are the seed the Lord has blessed. And I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul will be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the robes of salvation. 
That's equipping us to do the work in the millennium. Okay. He clothed me with the robes of of, of righteousness, like a bridegroom adorns himself with ornaments, and like a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Okay. And then everything is going to change. The whole earth is going to prosper. Many people will be converted. And we'll find out tomorrow that what God is going to do, he's going to make gold and silver the keystone of the economy. Okay. So, the fake, the fake Feast of Tabernacles by Satan is going to be destroyed. 